You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him and love him. Is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we just spent an entire episode yesterday just dropping knowledge, rebutting that ridiculous rank video of predicting the Broncos go 2-14, and Von Miller caught wind of that two and fourteen prediction, and suffice to say, he did. He wasn't giving it too much uh, credence. No, I mean, and he pretty much laid out every single reason that we laid out in the pod chat as to why the Broncos will be nowhere near two and fourteen. He said it's ridiculous. We got a great quarterback, great offensive line, great running back, great receiving core, great defense, and a great defensive coach and great coaching staff. There's no way we can go twenty fourteen, and that's what I'm saying. Based solely on the defense and the coaching upgrade alone, if they won six games with Vance Joseph, I mean, two wins is just a a comical attempt at a troll job by by Adam Rank. Let me read exactly for our listeners what Von Miller had to say, and this came via uh, Brandon Cristal of Orange and Blue 760. Von Miller on Thursday was at his football camp there in Colorado, and Orange and Blue 760 was able to catch up with him. But here's what he said, quote, Von Miller, it's America. You can have your opinion on whatever. But I'll tell you right now, we're not going 2-14. and 14. That's just ridiculous. We've got a great quarterback. We've got a great offensive line. We've got a great running back. We've got a great receiver in Cortland Sutton and all the guys on offense. We've got a great defense. We've got a great defensive coach. We've got a great coaching staff. There is no way we go 2-14. and 14. I'm not accepting that, close quote. So, yeah, as you said, pretty much landed on everything we had to say yesterday in, in terms of defending the Broncos a little bit against this notion. But I thought it was kind of interesting, too, Zach, that he singled out Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. of all people, yep. when, when he said receiver. It wasn't Emmanuel Sanders. It was right. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that, that was actually went through my mind, too, and I was transcribing that quote. It's it's that it, it really seems, as you hit it on a couple months ago, Chad, that Cortland Sutton has taken on that that the number one receiver role in this offense, and uh, apparently the, the defensive leaders are starting to pay attention to him. So that did stick out to me. I'm sure you know he 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 pretty much caught himself and said, "All the guys on offense in the next breath." Uh, but the fact that the first name on his mind was Sutton, not Sanders, that does speak a little louder. Yeah. Well, let's officially put the whole uh, Adam Rank thing in our rear view and move on to more pressing topics. And today, of course. It's, it's mailbag. It's the Mile High Mailbag Day. It's Friday. It's VIP. We got VIP questions. We got some Twitter questions. We got some YouTube questions. We're going to get to all of that. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business. You guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That is the best way, as you know, to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. If you are on iTunes, we appreciate it. You leave us that creative review and a five-star rating. And our YouTube listeners, you're doing a great job. We love all the engagement, all the comments. You're liking each and every podcast episode. You're engaging in the conversation. So keep doing that. It really helps. It's a, it's a small thing you can do to help grow the show. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. 
Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Zach, it is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because... Zach and I are your football priests each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And as always, we're going to start with the VIP subscribers, our great supporters and subscribers, milehighhuddle.com slash 24-7 sports. This first one here, Zach, comes from Real K. Smith going on six months as a VIP subscriber. Here's what he says. Good morning, football priests. I think we all need some cleansing after the recent freezing cold takes about our team. I agree with you guys and think we'll sit around 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven this year, but let's put on our orange-colored glasses and have some fun. Broncos go 14-2. and two. I Uh-oh. really do believe that if everything goes right, we could have an upside to be like the high-flying Eagles team a few years back that really came out of left field. We will have a hard-nosed defense that will play with intensity, and with our new culture, personnel, and players, we could potentially surprise some teams and gain momentum. What would have to go right on offense, on, on defense, and on special teams to make 14-2 and two a reality? Thank you guys for all your hard work and continuing to be the best Broncos coverage on the web. Well, thank you, my brother. Um, Zach, orange-colored glasses, what would they have look- to go right to get to 14-2? and two? Yeah, these look good on me. I like how they fit. Uh, he talks about the Eagles. They had that year, you want to talk about their Super Bowl run. They had innovative, creative coaching, which I think the Broncos can have. But they had a quarterback who went red hot at the right time, and it was completely and historically clutch in the playoffs. That Will Lappy Joe Flacco, I have my doubts, reservations. I'm sure some Broncos fans don't. But if he can be that for the Broncos, if he can be consistent and turn it on in January when the game starts to really count, if the Broncos even get that far, uh, then yeah, we can see a better record than most are predicting. I don't know about 14 wins, but uh, definitely 10 wins, 11 wins if the things go right and they can make a run here. It all comes down to the quarterback. I'm confident in that defense. There's plenty of talent to go around. Uh, I'm high on Vic Fangio and all the coaches he brought in. I think they'll gel nicely. It just comes down, like we talked about on, on yesterday's pod chat, to the offense. 
and all those new moving parts, which barring injury, I think they'll all be cohesive. It's just Joe Flacco to me. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think for the Broncos to go 14-2, and two, Vic Fangio's defense would need to be on par with the 2015 Broncos, like an all-time level defense. And not only that, Joe Flacco would have to have like an MVP caliber season, which, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to say it's beyond the pale or beyond all hope of possibility, but it's extremely unlikely just knowing that he, this is a guy who's never even played in a Pro Bowl. You know, he was invited to the Pro Bowl in 2015 as an alternate, but he's never been to the Pro Bowl. Now, that's not the end-all, be-all, but we've never seen... I mean, if 2014, when he played with Kubiak, Flacco was his best statistical season, what did he have, 27 touchdowns, something like that, 3,800 yards, maybe a little over 4,000. I don't have it right in front of me. He would need to basically, you know, quadruple that almost. Like he, Well, at least double it, let me put it that way. He'd need to go into the 40s, in touchdowns probably or high 30s, you know, go over 4,000 yards, have a, you know, like a 3 to 1 TD to interception ratio. I think if that happened in tandem with Vic Fangio's defense just going crazy and just dominating people, that's how the Broncos end up at 14 and 2, especially with such a tough schedule. You know, that's a really good point. I, for 14 wins, they either have to have a record-setting offense or a record-setting defense. And, you know, you mentioned the 2015 defense, something like that. My money is more on that than, than Joe Flacco reverting to his 2012 self. But uh, the combination of either of those things happening, the Broncos can surely go on a run, even with a tough schedule, which I think will reveal itself to not be so difficult when the games start unfolding and uh, things happen like they always do. I, it's it's fun to be optimistic. It certainly is a better look for the Broncos country than predicting two and fourteen. Um, it's just coaching and quarterbacking, man. I mean, there's so many moving parts here, and I'm confident in Vic Fangio, but I, I don't think we're going to see an MVP candidate in Joe Flacco. I think we see the defense be more uh, more productive, more consistent. Maybe not 2015 level, but definitely playoff worthy. And you combine that with a stable offense and a, a steady handed quarterback, you can win some games. I think you're going to see more impact big plays from this defense than we've seen yep. since Wade Phillips left. I think you're going to see more sacks and thus more strips and you know sack fumbles. And you're going to see more takeaways, as evidenced by what he was able to do in Chicago last year. They led the league in takeaways. So that's going to help in terms of contributing to additional wins, certainly a lot more than 2-14 and 14 from Homeboy the other day. But it all comes back to getting to 14-2. and two. That comes back to Joe Flacco and this offense going literally coming out of nowhere under Rich Scangarello, a first-time offensive coordinator, to take the NFL by storm. Now, he makes a good point, though. If you think back to that Philadelphia team, that regular season was not about Nick Foles. The Philadelphia Eagles became one of the best teams in the NFL out of the blue with Carson Wentz. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Doug Peterson became – was considered one of the cutting-edge offensive minds during the regular season. It came out of nowhere. And then, of course, Wentz went down, and Nick Foles had to step in, and he kind of helped take it to the next level in the playoffs. You need to see, similar to that, Rich Gangarello as a first-time offensive coordinator, all of a sudden the Broncos aren't just like you know winning or losing games by a single score. They're going into matchups and dominating and you know winning by two or three scores each and every week, putting up yards, putting up points. Meanwhile, the defense is just shutting people down. That's the only way I see the Broncos getting that, you know, getting to 14 and 2. It's possible, but just what we know about Joe Flacco, what we know about the what what Vic Fangio prioritizes in terms of balance and all that, it's just unlikely. However, I'll say this real case Smith. 
I don't think double-digit wins are really that out of the question. I think the Broncos can get to 10 wins, especially with all the changes they've made. So we'll see how it shakes out, Zach. Back to the Eagles comparison, it it all comes down to whether you think Flacco can be as good as Carson Wentz or Nick Foles that year. It's basically, that's what it comes down to. And you think the coaching is going to be consistent. It's the, the, the fan base, I think, is split on Joe Flacco. But, you know, 14 wins is a pipe dream. Coming off five and six win seasons, if they can get to nine, ten wins, maybe a playoff berth in in the first year of a, of a Fangio regime with all these new different components to this team, uh, I think Elway would take that, and I think the fan base should be happy. And I will say this, too. I think Joe Flacco has it in him to be more prolific from a statistical perspective than he's ever been or that we've ever seen from him throughout his NFL career. I think one of the reasons why he's his quarterback profile has kind of been stuck you know, basically, as to where where he got in to, in 2012, it's kind of been stuck in that that gear, so to speak, because of the way Baltimore built their teams. I mean, the, their philosophy as an organization was about playing great defense and running the football. And you know, Joe Flacco was just never a Peyton Manning type to imprint his personality, so to speak, and his demands and what he wants on an offense. He was more of a, I'm going to fit in as a piece to this puzzle and you know I'm going to play within what the expectations of the organization are. And so if you were to put Joe Flacco into a situation, and who knows, maybe this is what awaits him here in Denver, but if you were to put Joe Flacco into a situation with a coach that was about scoring points, was about throwing the football, I mean, he's got the arm talent, Zach. I mean, we've seen this guy do amazing things with his right arm. I think more than anything, it's just been between the organization's philosophy in Baltimore and him kind of fitting in as a piece to that. And just kind of the fact that he's also had a kind of a swinging door of offensive coordinators over the year, over the years, I think that's one of the reasons why you've never really seen Joe Flacco take that next step and silence people as it regards, you know, the, the elite label, whatever you want to call it. So is it possible in year 12 that all of a sudden he just like jumps onto the stage and says, boom, starts dropping knowledge and putting up huge numbers. It's possible. It wouldn't shock me. I don't see it happening that way in terms of it being like an MVP season for Joe Flacco, but I am confident. I am optimistic is probably a better word that you're, I think we're going to see a different version of Joe Flacco in a positive way in 2019 than we've ever seen. Yeah, you kind of, I, I agree with the, the premise of your the last point that you made there. The same philosophy that Baltimore ran is what Denver is really going to run. They're going to play really, really good defense under Vic Fangio, and they have two really, really great running backs there. And Flacco is a complementary piece to that. They're going to hide his weaknesses, and they're going to exploit his big arm and take advantage of that. They have the pieces in place for sure, um, but if fans are expecting Flacco to have 5,000 attempts this year, it's not going to happen. You're going to see a lot of Philip Lindsay and a lot of Royce Freeman, and Flacco can be that cherry on top. And if he can just be consistent, the same thing we were saying about Case Keenum last year, doesn't have to be great, doesn't have to be MVP, just consistent, they can win double-digit games. 14, I don't know, uh, but you can definitely uh, you know, knock on the doorstep of 10 wins. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. This next one here comes from Studley14, going on six months as a VIP subscriber. Studley says, this will be the first time I plan on attending some of the training camp practices. Are there any days in particular that you would recommend fans to go or are all the practices mostly the same from, from my experience studly, they're all the same. And my advice to you is if you live in the area and you have control over when you can go, I would wait till after the first week because that first week of training camp is just fans are starved for football. They're so excited to have their team back. 
and it's just packed. It's a nightmare getting in and out of Dove Valley for those practices. And I would wait till after the first week when, you know, it's a little less people uh, at the facility as far as fans. You get more of an opportunity to get autographs from the players after practice. But as far as specific days throughout the week, it's, it's all pretty much the same. Adding to your point, Chad, it's a, it's a good idea to wait till after the first week, after that first rush. And on the 27th of July, they have a practice at uh, Bronco Stadium. And it's the first time since 2014. And that's in the afternoon. So if you want one date to circle on your calendar that should be better than the, the other practices, maybe except for the first day, uh, check out the stadium that day, the 27th. All right, next one here comes from Christy2019. 21 months as a VIP subscriber, great listener and supporter of the show. She says, not much going on and not a question, but more of a thank you. You guys really have been doing a stellar job covering our team. This last season, even though it was tough, both of you have been beyond awesome. I can hardly wait for our new season to start and we can get more takes from the football priests. But first, you guys deserve a huge thank you and some much needed R&R. Go Broncos. Thank you, Christy. Yeah, thanks, Christy. Zach, you're going to be taking some R&R here soon. Yeah, I haven't really. I've worked straight through for about two years now. I haven't really taken a, a, some time off, but I look forward to that next week. I'll be uh, be down in Florida, seeing some family, seeing some friends there. It should be a good time. Uh, but Chad, you know, I've covered two coaching changes in my time on the Broncos beat here, and this year just seems like a whirlwind. It, definitely, when they hired Vance Joseph, it was you know it's always a big deal. But this year, there's been so many things going on, from holdouts to coaching changes to big draft moves, uh, free agent moves. There's the minicamp practices, I can probably speak for you when I say that too, and the podcast and the content that we've been cranking out every single day. Um, so it'll be nice to get away, Christy. We do appreciate that. And we'll come back better and stronger and more rested and recharged for what should be an outstanding training camp and a fun-filled season either way. No doubt. No doubt. But don't, you know, don't feel too bad for us because there's a reason why we do this. You know, I think – this is it's one of those things that if you can find something that you're passionate about and that you love doing and it doesn't feel like work, you know, that's like the most and you can find a way to make a living or make money doing that. That's like the ultimate blessing. And for both of us when you're sitting down and you're writing about football and you're engaging with fans and you're going through social media talking about football and the Broncos like it, what else would you rather be doing? It's so much fun. And for me one of the biggest challenges Zach is I have to like pull myself away from it's almost it becomes like a compulsion. It becomes like an addiction, not in a bad way. Okay, like I'm not like rocking back and forth, like checking the laptop every five seconds. But like it gets to a point where you know sometimes I have to go. Oh crap! You know I got to pull away for a minute. I'm gonna go to my kid's football game. You know I'm gonna go cook some dinner for my family. I'm gonna sit down at the table. It's dinner time. Go out, hang out on the porch with the wife. Whatever it might be. Like that's the biggest thing for me is is keeping those things in mind. Otherwise, like I go down the rabbit hole. And you never hear from me all day long. Right. Yeah, I definitely know how it is. And, you know, it's it, I don't consider it a job. I'm blessed to have this opportunity. I, I think of that every single day and I love doing it. I love interacting with Broncos country and doing these pods with you, Chad, and, and writing these articles and stuff. Uh, but, it, you know, we all even the players, you know, they, they work year round, but they take some time off, too. So we all yep. need that little vacation time. And uh, I just know that we'll all come back definitely more refreshed and recharged because come July 18th, there's no stopping us. All right, we got one more VIP question, then a couple from Twitter and YouTube. First, though, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this last question from the VIP mailbag is from Paul826, going on six months as a VIP. Paul says, if Rank had us going 2-14, and 14, did he have Miami going 14-2? and two? LOL. I think Denver will go 11-5 and five and get the fourth seed, the wild card spot, if we stay healthy. I look at this year as a honeymoon season. I think second-ranked SOS is, what does that mean? Strength of schedule. There we go. I think the second-ranked strength of schedule, thank you is great. It will test how far we have come and how much more we will need to win the Super Bowl. Last thing, I feel for new owner Brittany is huge. Last thing, I feel for new owner Brittany's huge shoes to fill following... Oh, I see. Last thing, I feel for new owner Brittany huge shoes to fill following Pat Bowen. Part of me wonders if they shouldn't sell the team. I don't see family agreeing that fast on the one person to run things. I think the quicker they decide, the better even if they don't take over for two or three more years. Um, thanks, Paul. Great question, great comments, great analysis there. I don't see this as a honeymoon season only because, Zach, John Elway's under the gun, dude. I mean, these last two years have been so brutally bad, double-digit losses, like unprecedented depths of losing for the Denver Broncos to where he can't afford to just kind of coast or rest on any laurels. Like there is an urgency in, in at Dove Valley because John Elway's job in a very real sense depends on it. First of all, about Adam Rank, I did see on Twitter that he made another wild prediction for another team, and there was another tweet that said he's, you know, every fan base is turning on him. So maybe Broncos fans should take his, his what he's saying with a huge grain of salt. It seems like he's just doing it to other teams too. Um, about the Broncos, I happen to think a little more optimistically about Elway's job security. I do think this is a honeymoon season. It's always with a first-time uh, coach, a new coach, a new coaching regime, and especially with a rookie coach and a rookie offensive coordinator and all that. Um, Elway's job, though, if they have another subpar season, it'll be under the microscope this year for sure. But next year, that's when I think it'll be more do or die. 2020, you might have Drew Locke which is another hand-picked Elway quarterback starting for the Broncos. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be totally bad this year anyway. I think they'll show enough improvement on the field and in the the win column where Elway can justify uh, getting by for another year. So it's when 2020 for me is when Elway's job security uh, becomes in question. Yeah, and and that's that's one thing I want to make clear is I don't think the Broncos are going to be going off the rails this year. Like, I think they are going to surprise some people. I think they're definitely going to show progress over the last two seasons under Vance Joseph. So in that sense, it becomes a moot point or a moot issue because if you take a step forward, that's really what the Bolin family wants to see. That's what Joe Ellis wants to see. That's what the fan base wants to see. I mean, sure, Super Bowl or bust, right? You know, that that goes without saying you want to go to the Super Bowl. Who doesn't? Heck. But at this point, the Broncos just need to get back to above 500 and compete in the AFC West. And then this whole idea of the Bolin family, yeah, it's going to Brittany. She does have some huge shoes to fill. And I don't think we're going to really see her, the, the torch get passed to her in a real, real way or a official way for another couple of years. But don't rule out and completely forget about what's happening with this court case from his brother, Bill Bolin, who is suing the trust on behalf of Beth Bolin Wallace. 
things can sometimes take crazy turns when it comes to courts of law and judges making rulings and decisions. So even though all signs, it kind of seems to point to Brittany right now, Zach, like don't completely sleep on the possibility of Beth Bolin Wallace strong arming her way into this thing. Yeah, I'm with you. This is going to play out for a long time and things can get crazy. And if, you know, if Brittany's the the odds on favor right now, I can understand that. But just don't go all in if you're betting on her. Uh, this family dynamic, they all want a piece of the pie and they all want it for their own reasons. And it might be a little personal. It might be uh, business, but it's it's going to be a long, drawn out thing with no resolution in sight. It's going to take a couple years, I believe. We've got one from a, a YouTube listener, a great member of our community there named Jason Harris. His question, Zach, is, is Noah Fant going to be a fantasy sleeper stud this year? Slot wide receiver in a tight end's body? Because Flacco loves both. Your answer for Jason. I think Fant, if, if he even gets the starting job, which I think he will eventually, he'll be a more productive player in real life than fantasy football. Uh, just I would give this position a little time to settle down. It's been too chaotic. I still want to see how Flacco shakes out. Uh, he might like Butt or, or Fumagalli or Hireman better, or Fant might not adjust well enough or fast enough. He definitely has potential, but I think he'll help the Broncos more on the field in real life than if you draft him in fantasy and, and hope he'll have a breakout season. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, Noah Fant, I think it's going to start slow. I think you're going to see him grab a couple touchdowns early. That's that's going to happen. But in terms of being a consistent player between the 20s, I think he's going to kind of take some time to get to that point. By the second half of the season, he's going to be the type of tight end that all fantasy owners wish they would have grabbed early. Yep. But that's, you know, fantasy's not really my forte. I used to be way into fantasy, like insane. I was, I'd talk about going down a rabbit hole. Fantasy was that for me, trying to compete for the money and all that stuff. This is years ago. But now I just don't have the time to keep up with it. I mean, I follow the NFL, obviously, because I cover it. But in terms of all the minutiae and the little things you got to do to be really good and effective and win at fantasy, like, I just don't have the time for it anymore, dude. Yeah. And you made a good point, though. It's If you're drafting and you have an open spot on your bench and if you want to stash Noah Fant, then go, go ahead and do that. But just don't draft him with the intention of him being a starter because, like you said, Chad, it's going to take him a little time to get acclimated. And hopefully by midseason – He'll start to pull away and establish himself, but even then, you might see some kinks. So, 2020, if he reaches his potential, he'll be a for, you know an early round tight end pick. But I think uh, this year it might take a little time. Here's one, another from YouTube from Sir Tricks a lot. He says the Broncos seem cooperative with the local media. Are they standoffish with the regional and national? <laughs> um, no, they're not. From what I've seen, like when I first started covering the team, it was the Tebow. Tebow year, okay? And that's when the team's profile kind of went up into that next echelon because of Tebow mania. Uh, And then when Peyton came the next year, it really took off to the next level. And I've just, from my engagements with Broncos PR and their media department, Zach, you've been around at the Combine. They're Mm -hmm. very respectful and engaging with with national media as well as local media. I don't see any difference there. And you know what? I think during the season weekly, they do a really good job of putting players on the forefront with press conferences and news conferences. And if there's a controversial player, they always have them speaking or always take care of reporters. Uh, I know the Broncos PR department did a really, really good job setting up the Pat Bowlin Memorial at the stadium and then tribute. Um, I have I haven't heard any complaints. And when I met them at the combine, they were very cordial to me. Um, so I haven't heard anything bad about them. By the way, this is a great comment here. Thinking back to Adam Rank's 2-14 and 14 prediction, of course, 
he had the Broncos getting swept in the AFC West. This is from Wolf Sky Nine, and you guys heard me say this on Thursday's show that I can't even think of a time ever since I've been following the team and have been a fan of the team, which is since the early '80s, that the Broncos have ever been swept by the AFC West. Wolf Sky Nine on YouTube says since 1971. The Broncos have never been swept by the teams of the AFC West. So for whatever that's worth, you guys, Adam Rank, I mean, he's he's got to lay off the crack a little bit. <laughs> Stay off the weed, Stephen A. Voice. <laughs> All right, last question here from Twitter. This one comes from Drew Hollenbeck, uh, at Drew20056779. Drew says, I'd like to hear how Drew Locke is doing progressing I think we touched on this a couple yeah. weeks ago, but basically he's doing about what you would expect to see from Drew Locke, really. I mean, he's he's showing some some progress in, in terms of his getting his technique down and learning the playbook and spitting out the play calls and all that stuff's progressing, but his brain hasn't quite caught up. Well, I guess that's the wrong way to say it. His arm hasn't quite caught up to his brain just yet. He was throwing some picks and OTAs and – you know, it's it's kind of a nothing to see here type of situation. It's still going to take a little bit more time for everything to sink in for him. But Zach, look for Locke to really start taking some steps forward. About halfway through camp, you get to the preseason, you're going to start going, "Whoa, this is interesting." The Broncos might have something here. Yeah, we we touched on this a few times, but his development is so infantile. The Broncos want to him for a year immediately. Uh, they think he needs to work on technique and accuracy. And he was even struggling spitting out plays in the huddle in a rookie minicamp or whatever it was, the rookie practices. So it, he has a long way to go. And the good thing is there's no pressure on him. And like you said, Chad, when his brain catches up and he the mental component comes with his arm talent, which is elite, uh, you'll see a good quarterback. The best way to learn, though, is not by watching Flacco or him mentoring him, is by playing, though, getting those reps. The more preseason games he'll play, the better he'll be. And then hopefully, when it's all said and done, come 2020, he'll be ready to take over if it comes to that. But right now, it's all about getting rid of the mistakes and learning from them because you want them to learn now and get rid of these kinks now rather than, you know, later. Amen, brother. Well, hey, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast, the VIP mailbag. Great questions from our VIPs. Thank you also for the questions from our YouTube community and and our followers on Twitter. That uh, wraps up another great week of podcasting for Zach and I. Now, next week's going to be a little bit weird for us as a podcast. As Zach already mentioned, he's going to be taking some time off. And then I have some things happening in the middle of the week. So we might not be coming to you daily next week. We'll probably have, I think Zach and I will be able to get off a couple episodes to start the week on Monday and Tuesday for you. But the second half, I think we'll probably, you're, you're used to having an episode on Thursday. You won't probably have that from us next, probably won't have that next week. But Friday, there'll be an episode. Eric Trickle's going to join me while, while Zach's on vacation. So just bear with us, roll with the punches. We're, we're enjoying our summer as well. So in the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partners at Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman247, myself at Chad and Jensen. Keep liking, keep commenting on YouTube. If you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave your creative review and give us that five-star rating. We'll be back on the other side of the weekend. Have a great weekend, Broncos country. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.